Our work at KEHI matters, not only to impact the lives of our retail partners and suppliers, but to make a difference in our families, our communities, and even the world. Hello, my name is Adrienne Binder, and I'm your host for Fruit of Your Labor, a KEHI podcast. We aspire to update you on what's happening at KEHI and inspire you with the amazing stories of how you are working to make lives better. Enjoy the episode. This month's podcast is a little different. We asked you, KEHI employees, to submit questions that you would like our CEO to answer. And we're excited that the one and only Deb Conklin is here today to go through everything you wanted to know. Deb, welcome to the podcast. Excited to be here. Let's jump right in and get started. We're going to ask a few easy questions, and then we'll move on to some more specific ones. How does that sound? Sounds great to me. All right. The first question is from Dawn Frechette in account management for Sprouts in Phoenix. She asks, what do you enjoy doing outside of work? Love that you're starting with an easy softball question here. This is wonderful. So the most important thing in my world is my family. Growing up, my mom always said, are you working to live or live to work? And I, you know, in my mind, I want to work so I can live and enjoy the people I enjoy my time with. I'm very close with my family. Uh, COVID, the best thing it gave me was it allowed me to move my parents to 2.9 miles away from my front door. And my brother also moved up with his family. And so having us all together is what makes a difference. And even if that means at 11 o'clock at night, I land back in Charlotte and I can swing by and kiss my mom and dad before I go to bed. They're the reason why I do what I do and they're what make me happy. That's awesome that you have family so close. So John Krim in Commercial Strategy in Jacksonville asked the question, what difficulties did you encounter while transitioning into your CEO position at KEHI and how did you adapt and overcome those challenges? John, thanks. I love that question. I really had to reflect on this. You know, I've been here almost seven months and everybody's been so welcoming and I've had such a great time learning the business. But without a shadow of a doubt, the thing that's been the most difficult is learning a new language. The abbreviations, the the way we call things at KEHI differently than they might have been called somewhere else in a prior life. I mean, something as simple as a KPD, a key process driver. I knew what they were trying to say it was, but I kept feeling like I had to stop and ask and act like a four-year-old. What, what is that three-letter stand for, you know? And so uh, that's been the the biggest thing. And it's it reminds me to be empathetic when we're talking to people. We assume they know what our abbreviations are. And ironically, even got that feedback in our board meeting that some of our materials weren't properly articulated for what we were trying to say. It, it was just intuition to us and we the way we use our language and our, our special abbreviations. But that's really been the hardest part of the job is figuring out what these abbreviations stand for and the new language I'm learning whether you're CEO or, you know, you're a director or an analyst or whatever level, it's the same learning curve. Sure is. And everything that we can do to try to bring people with us, uh, you know, it, it helps accelerate that learning curve. So you feel like you're understanding, fully understanding. And I'm silly enough to ask all the dumb questions, but sometimes people don't feel comfortable enough to ask those questions. And so I just, you know, strongly encourage if people say something that doesn't make sense, make sure you ask, you know, so that you can fully understand what the topic's about. Sean McCarthy in Supply Chain out of Naperville wants to know what's the best career advice you've ever received. And then adding on to that, Jessica Manolo in the HR team asked the question, as a woman leader, 
What's the most strategic approach you've taken with your career thus far? What led you to that approach? What's your North Star, a personal need, a drive? And what did you learn from implementing that strategy? First off, I would say in my career, I've always believed that you need to be your own advocate. Uh, I kind of live by that same guideline in my personal life. I can't expect you to read my mind or know what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling, et cetera. So when I think about as a as an employee going to my boss and saying, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what interests me. This is where I want to grow to. And if you be very specific what your desires are, then your manager can really help you with what your gaps are and allows you to plan the work and work the plan. If you think about it, if you're a assuming that your manager understands where you want to go with your career, he or she may not be giving you what you specifically need. And so if you're your own advocate, it really starts with also being willing to listen, learn, and apply. If your manager talks about a area that you need to develop skills, and that could be anything from getting more proficient at Excel, or that could be becoming a better communicator during conflict. Uh, most important thing in my mind is you have to be willing to listen, learn, and apply. And I think a lot of people hear what the feedback is, but if you don't actually change your behavior, or be willing to change your behaviors, the application of being able to be different and better over time doesn't really make you a better person. You know, I think about one of the things that's always gotten me excited from a career perspective is to be learning all the time. I am a rabid reader. I read nothing but business books and things in and around business because for me, you're always looking for new ideas and new ways to think. As a matter of fact, Carrie Murtaugh sends out a daily inspiration and hers today happened to be from John F. Kennedy. And it says, change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or the present are certain to miss the future. And if you think about that, if you're always learning, you're thinking about what is coming that you didn't even expect. I never would have thought in my career in the 80s going to engineering school, I'd be talking about bots, artificial intelligence to be part of what we do. You know, my statistical classes of thinking about linear regression for statistical forecasting, and now we're using machine learning to do that. If you're not learning and always trying to see what's next, you'll be left in the past. And so for me, that's incredibly important. And if you pivot to some of the items that Jessica talked about, I think there's a couple nuances in here that, you know, I can talk to specifically as a female leader. I think a lot of times some of my peers are a victim. And because I'm a woman, I feel like I somehow am not getting a fair chance. And I think if you carry that as a badge and you're looking for it, you're going to find reasons to feel that way. But if you put that behind you and you say, be your authentic self, and if you bring your best self to work every day, you don't have to worry about somehow being a second-class citizen because you are a female. If you're the best athlete on the field, it doesn't matter. Race, religion, sex, it doesn't matter. And in my mind, too many people look for why their specific demographics make them somehow be judged differently. And yeah, that is out there. But if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. If you try not to look for it, you try to lean into the fact you can be the best version of yourself. I think that really helps. For me, when I think about my North Star, I believe it is my responsibility, like I said, to be the best version of myself, but I believe I need to be an energy giver and not an energy sucker. There are people that walk into a room that just suck the life out of it. And it doesn't mean I get up every day in a good mood, ready to take on the world. It is a conscious decision to be the best version of myself. Sometimes that means I got to look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, turn that frown upside down. Let's get after it. And a big part of that is if you bring energy for good, for positive, positive results, you'll find it. 
in same kind of summary, if you're looking for bad and evil, you'll find it. But if you look for good, you can find it. And I think if you lean into that, it can really dramatically change your attitude. And I personally believe that attitude is everything. You come in positive, you can force the outcome to be a positive one. Did I miss any bullets in there? No, I think you covered them all. And I think that's great advice. I love the be authentic, bring your best self to work every day and be an energy giver and not an energy sucker. I mean, I know how many times I've been in a room where someone's just having a bad day and they just bring the whole room down. All right, let's move on to a few more questions related to the warehouse and operations. So our first one comes from Dro Montana, who's a loader in our Stockton, D.C. in California. How is Kehi helping employees who have aspirations outside of the warehouse, such as trade school or college? Are there any programs in place to support these workers? I love this question. I love the approach that Kehi takes to programming to help people grow in their lives and their careers. We have some pretty awesome programs. One is a reimbursement program for educational programs. And if you're with us for six months, you have the ability to get $2,500 annually for reimbursement for higher education. And by the way, that includes getting your GED. So right along with that conversation about being a lifelong learner, encouraging people, whether it's to go get your GED or to go chase your dream say you want to go get a finance degree or a technical degree, that's all there for you and we're there to help you. Not quite online with your question, but I love the program is our Shifting Gears program. This is allowing somebody who wants to become a professional truck driver to have financial assistance and support to do that. And we have many people who've taken advantage of that and they've dramatically changed their financial position by becoming a professional truck driver and being trained to work with and for Kehi. And it's a lifelong skill that can never be taken away from them. So I love that program. The other thing that we have going on, which I love, is a pilot program called Dream Manager. This is a life coaching program. And this program allows you to have access to somebody to help you develop your lifelong goals. And that can run the gamut to or buy a car. I want to go back to college. I like to save to go on a vacation and take my family to Disney. So it's things that help you develop skill sets that could be financially or not financially focused, giving you access to resources to help you be the best best version of yourself. Only you know what your dreams are and the ability for you to chase your dreams and us to be part of that and facilitate that is an honor and a blessing. It's one of the many things that makes Kehi different. So lots of opportunities. I ask you to reach out to your HR business partner at your site. If there's something that you'd like to do and something you're interested in, that business partner can really help you look at what opportunities are out there for you. The Dream Manager program sounds amazing. I think that's going to be awesome once it rolls out to all the DCs. That'll give our employees a lot of great opportunities. Our next question was asked by Mike McCuska in independent sales out of the Elkton, Florida, DC. His question is, I was wondering if we're going to be getting a new DC in the St. Augustine, Florida area. We're at a competitive disadvantage today due to item selection from our biggest competitor. And I'd love for us to get stronger in this area. You are spot on. We have to have a new DC in Elkton area, and it is coming to us in 2025. A little less than two years from now, we'll be in a new DC. And with that DC, we're adding corporate offices so we can have the ability for people who want to come into the office, have real office space for the future. And for those of you that don't know, we've got new Miami opening in November. We'll be receiving products so we can start to ship to our biggest customers in Florida. One of the things that was a huge lure for me to come to Kehi is that through COVID, Chris Seberg and the team made a multi-year plan strategy of new infrastructure, and we're getting to get the benefit of that. 
all the work that's been done in Denver and Phoenix and Dallas, and now the two facilities that are upgrading in Miami and Elkton are going to be a game changer for our footprint. So real excited for those DCs in the next year and a half. Sticking with the theme of DCs, Blair Smith, who's an operational trainer in Romeoville, Illinois, at that DC, would like to know, are there any plans to update or expand the Romeoville DC? I know that's one of our older ones. As part of Chris and his team's plans is they are regularly evaluating if we need to expand or update DCs. And obviously, we're also capital constrained. Capital is not an unlimited supply. So as of right now, today, there are no specific plans for Romeoville, but I would expect there to be updates or expansions in the future as our business continues to grow. I guarantee you we can't grow to $15 billion if we don't have continued expansions across our footprint. So I'm sure those will be coming in the future. Transitioning from operations-related questions to the other side of the business, we have a field sales associate that asked the question, in light of recent inflation and prices being so high and unit sales being down for KHE and our customers, is this the right time to be pushing to double the size of the company, like our strategy states? cannot be more direct. If you don't grow, you die. And so my answer to this question is absolutely now is the time. When you think about companies playing defense versus offense, those are the ones that get behind and stay behind. And part of having a multi-year plan is if you don't plan for what you need to do two, three, four, five years from now, you start too late. M&A is also a huge part of that growth. And when there's compression and pressure on the industry, that's a perfect time to buy those that aren't performing as well as their peers. And so in my my mind now is absolutely the time to be worrying about growing the company and worrying about the future. And we should always be having a growth mindset. Companies that strive for growth all the time are the ones that really thrive over time. If you hunker down and play defense, you're most likely going to lose share because other people are out there looking to take share. And that's also when desperate behaviors start to come into play. When people aren't performing and their businesses are starting to underperform, they start getting desperate and they start doing dumb things. So if we're not out in front of that, then we'll be late to the game. So absolutely positively, now is the time to be thinking about growth today, tomorrow, and for the future. And so that once again, I talk about plan the work and work the plan. If you wait three years to start, it's too late. So now is absolutely the time. All right. This next question is a little bit longer. So we're going to break it into two separate questions. It's from Hannah Williams, who's a software engineer on our IT team in Jacksonville. I've been watching the news about the federal government's recent proposals for the trucking industry to go green. I immediately think of Kehi and how this sort of regulation could potentially have a painful effect on our bottom line. How will Kehi satisfy regulatory compliance demands from the federal government while still being mindful of our bottom line? Very thoughtful business question here. I think the first thing that's probably the most important comment is that we will always follow and comply with the law, even when there are laws or things that we're supposed to do that we don't agree with. It will be part of our soul to do the right thing. Probably heard me say my debisms. If it's not illegal, immoral, unethical, or to kill anybody, I'm willing to try it. If you're not doing exactly what the government's requiring you to do, you're breaking rule number one, which is illegal. And so in my mind, that's the first part of the question. The second part of this that I think is really important, and my experience has been, is that in a lot of cases when regulations become oppressive or they feel difficult, it tends to drive innovation and growth. It drives change. It, it drives the desire in the new industries, new ways to solve problems. You think about it, something as simple as shore power in our DCs. We always ran our reefers. We never powered our trucks from 
from plant infrastructure itself, right? We powered it from the reefer unit. To be able to power through shore power was an innovation that allows us to not only help the environment, but help cost structure. And so I think that innovation and growth will come from some of these regulations. And I also believe that although they could be painful, I think resourceful companies are real problem solvers. I believe in exponential thinking. If you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. The companies and the businesses that really change the world are the ones that are big thinkers, that they can still do the basic blocking and tackling, but reinvent how they go to market or what their strategy is or what the offensive strategy is or whatever else the case may be. So in my mind, I think what will happen is there will be pressure. And because Kehi comes from an environment of innovation and growth, and we work in an industry where there will be more innovation and growth, I think we will outwit and outlast how these financial problems could hurt our bottom line so that we solve problems differently. I mean, who would have ever thought you'd have self-driving vehicles? I mean, I'm not saying we're going there, but what I am saying is if you look at the trucks that we have today, they are so much easier to drive. They are better technology. They are safer. The innovation and safety has been phenomenal. Lane departure, crash warning, even the ability to have Sam Sarah help us know when we're speeding or hard braking so that we can help coach drivers of where there's areas for improvements. Those are all innovations that came from regulatory change. So I actually embrace it and I'm excited for what I think the future will be in our trucking industry. The second part of Hannah's question is some financial institutions are predicting that inflation may be back on its way up. What do our financial in-house experts think about this prediction? And could this help us in regard to inventory revaluation? So much in this question. I think the first part is that for every topic around inflation and recessions and all the above, you could find people on both sides of the story. Half of the people say we're going to have recession. Half the people will say we won't. You know, half people say that we're in recovery, et cetera, et cetera. What I can tell you from our business performance is that we're about 20% below the inflation rate that we budgeted for in FY24. So we expected a five and a quarter percent inflation. We're seeing about a four and a quarter percent inflation for the year. And so inflation is actually lower is what we're seeing. And I would tell you that although the inventory reval component of when you're buying products at $5 that were $4, for example, you get that right up in inventory, that is not a sustainable way to run your business. If we're only resting on our laurels for inventory reval, that runs out. And as you guys probably saw, our competitors have had some of those problems where they weren't seeing that inflation was slowing and they didn't adjust their P and their processes accordingly. You have to give some huge props. You guys recently heard about our investment in trademark, the work that Jeff gets and his team are doing on alternate source. So in my mind, having a playbook that allows you to diversify where and how you make money is incredibly important. And if you don't have a playbook that is looking for what all the possible outcomes are, you'll be late to the party. And so I think having a plan for headwinds in all ways that we approach the business is important. It's one of the reasons why we had to do the work at SGNA at the beginning of the year. If we hadn't done that work and inflation slowed, there's $70 million of revenue we're just not going to get this year because inflation slowed compared to our plan. So part of being a good leader who's managing their fiduciary responsibilities is making sure that you have a plan and then being able to enact that plan when time says we need to. And you guys did a really good job of tightening our belt at the beginning of the year, being prepared for what the headwinds of the back half could look like. Our next question comes from Dwayne McDonald, who's a sales manager out of our Romeoville, Illinois, DC. Where do you see Kehi in 10 years from now? 
10 years from now is tough. I'm probably more in the five-year to seven-year window, but I believe we're going to be a $15 billion in revenue company. We're going to have many, many, many ESOP multimillionaires. And I think that all the goodness that comes from KE Cares, the amount of people that we're going to be able to touch domestically and internationally for the goodness to keep moving forward, I think we're going to be surprised at not only the size of our foundation, but the size of our reach and our ability to impact people's lives all over the world to an even greater extent than we do today. And so I'm excited for the future. Part of the reason why, if you think about the growth earlier question, one of the things I love about Kehi is the more we grow and the more good performance we have, the more impact we can make on the world around us. And that's exciting for me. That's really exciting. Absolutely. Our last question comes from Matt Litterst from Supply Chain in Naperville. And he asks, what is the likelihood of Kehi ever going public in the future? So I'll be flipping here. As long as I'm here, 0.000. (laughs) But I mean, in my mind, the lure for me to come to KEHI was our mission, our values, the fact that we're employee owned. It just is different. People come to work with a different mentality when you're an employee owner. And I believe that public companies drive a lot of bad behaviors. They make decisions for short-term gain to manipulate the stock as opposed to doing the right long-term decisions for the business. And we have the ability to think long-term, even if that means it's a short-term might feel a little painful. It also, it drives a ton of waste in a business. There's a lot of non-value-added activity that goes on when you're a public company. And I've been through multiple go publics. The process itself is painful. So you can never say never. The world changes all the time. But I personally have zero desire to be the CEO or an employee of a public company for all the reasons of my prior experience. And I know I'll do everything in my power from our capital capital structure to try to not have us in that position. I know all our KHE ESAP owners will be happy to hear that. Well, I want to take a moment to just thank everyone who submitted a question. These were great questions, and I'm sorry that we weren't able to get to all of them because we only had so much time. Deb, thank you for taking the time to answer these employee questions. Hearing your perspective on KHE and where we're headed in the future has been really insightful. I will tell you, having the opportunity and privilege to be the CEO of this company is one of the biggest gifts I've been given in my entire life. Our organization is committed to a wonderful strategy, doing it the right way as we really leverage the things that are underpinning who we are as people, whether it's rare leadership, it's our civility code, it's what our true North Star of how we treat each other. It is an honor and a privilege to be part of this team. And I appreciate y'all embracing me as part of the family. And I look forward to many, many years of good outcomes both personally and professionally for all of us. And our team in the field, please have a safe day. I want you to come home safe every single day so you can take care of your family and appreciate everything that everybody does, your commitment to excellence, your ability to lean into our new strategy, all the folks that are doing the heavy lifting on the DPI integration, our new DPI teammates who are coming part of our family. We appreciate and love you all and let the goodness come from here through KE Cares. Appreciate everything y'all do and have a great day. 